0: Today is E21st of June 2019. Welcome to Walking the Way. My name is Ray. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening in as we continue to explore what it means to have a regular rhythm of worship together. And if you're joining us for the first time, let me just explain that each episode follows a really simple pattern of prayer, scripture and music. So having explained how it all works, let's start today's leg of Walking the Way with our opening prayer. Let's pray, shall we? Yes, Lord, you are our light, our salvation, as well as our strength. Forgive us for allowing fear to rule us, as it does much more than we care to admit. This fear has a thousand names, but your perfect love casts it out. We come to you this hour, those in need. The breath of your spirit to blow through us, the brightness of your light to shine on us and around us the fire of your love to bring us to life right now, and the sight and sound of your glory to bring our hallelujahs. Yes, Lord, revive us again, again and again and again. This we pray in the name of the one who set his face to Jerusalem, your Son Jesus, our Christ. Amen. We're going to have our first piece of music for today just to give us some time to set our thoughts on God. And then after the music, we're going to get into our Bible readings to today. And in our Bible readings today, David defeats Goliath, and Paul writes about his work in the Thessalonian church. But we'll see you on the other side. Let's ask God to speak to us through the scriptures this morning. Father God, we admit that reading the Bible is challenging. Yet we desire to be more than a carrier of your word. Lord, give us a hunger and thirst for your truth. Lead us by the power of your spirit to study and apply your word to our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. And for the final time this week, our Bible readings are taken from the contemporary English version, and we're beginning with 1 Samuel 17. The Philistines got ready for war, and brought their troops together to attack the son of Sokka in Judah. They set up camp at Ephes Damim, between Sokka and Azekah. King Saul and the Israelite army set camp on a hill overlooking Elah Valley, and they got ready to fight the Philistine army that was on the hill on the other side of the valley. Now the Philistine army had a hero named Goliath who was from the town of Gath and was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and had bronze armor to protect his chest and legs. The chest armor alone weighed about 125 pounds. He carried a bronze sword strapped to his back and his spear was so big that the iron spearhead alone weighed more than 15 pounds. A soldier always walked in front of Goliath to carry his shield. Goliath went out and shouted to the army of Israel, Why are you lining up for battle? I'm the best soldier in our army, and all of you in Saul's army. Choose your best soldier to come out and fight me. If he can kill me, our people will be your slaves. If I kill him, your people will be our slaves. Here and now I challenge Israel's whole army. Choose someone to fight me. Saul and his men heard what Goliath said, but they were so frightened of Goliath that they couldn't do a thing. David's father Jesse was an old man who belonged to the Ephrath clan and lived in Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons. The oldest was Eliab, the next was Abinadab, and Shammah was the third. The three of them had gone off to fight in Saul's army. David was Jesse's younger son. He took care of his father's sheep and he went back and forth between Bethlehem and Saul's camp. Goliath came out and gave his challenge every morning and every evening for forty days. One day, Jesse told David, hurry and take the sack of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers at the army camp, and here are ten large chunks of cheese to take to their commanding officer. Find out how your brothers are doing, and bring back something that shows that they are all right. There was Saul's army fighting the Philistines in Elah Valley. David obeyed his father. He got up early the next morning and left someone else in charge of the sheep. Then he loaded the supplies and started off. He reached the army camp just as the soldiers were taking their place and shouting the battle cry. The army of Israel and the Philistine army stood there facing each other. David left his things with the man in charge of supplies and ran up to the battle line to ask his brothers if they were well. While David was talking with them, Goliath came out from the line of Philistines and started boasting as usual. David heard him. When the Israelite soldiers saw Goliath, they were scared and ran off. They said to each other, Look how he keeps coming out to insult us. The king is offering a big reward to the man who kills Goliath. That man will even get to marry the king's daughter, and no one in his family will ever have to pay taxes again. David asked some soldiers standing nearby, What will a king get for killing this Philistine and stopping him from insulting our people? Who does this worthless Philistine think he is? He's making fun of the army of the living God. The soldiers told David what the king would give the man who killed Goliath. David's oldest brother Eliab heard him talking with the soldiers. Eliab was angry at him and said, What are you doing here anyway? Who's taking care of that little flock of sheep out in the desert? You spoiled brat! You came here just to watch the fighting, didn't you? Now what have I done, David answered. Can't I even ask a question? Then he turned and asked another soldier the same thing he'd asked the others, and he got the same answer. Some soldiers overheard David talking, so they told Saul what David had said. Saul sent for David, and David came. Your Majesty, he said, this Philistine shouldn't turn us into cowards. I will go out and fight him myself. You don't have a chance against him, Saul replied. You're only a boy, and he's been a soldier all his life. But David told him, "'Your Majesty, I take care of my father's sheep, "'and when one of them is dragged off by a lion or a bear, "'I go after it and beat the wild animal "'until it lets the sheep go. "'If the wild animal turns and attacks me, "'I grab it by the throat and kill it. "'So I have killed lions and bears that way, "'and I will kill this worthless Philistine. "'He should not have made fun of the army of the living God. "'The Lord has rescued me from the claws of lions and bears.' and he will keep me safe from the hands of the Philistine. All right, Saul answered, go ahead and fight him, and I hope the Lord is with you. Saul had his own military clothes and armor put on David, and he gave David a bronze helmet to wear. David strapped on a sword and tried to walk around, but he was not used to wearing these things. I can't move with all this stuff on, David said, I'm just not used to it. David took off the armor and picked up his shepherd's stick. He went to a stream and picked out five smooth rocks and put them in his leather bag. Then with a sling in his hand, he went straight towards Goliath. Goliath came towards David walking behind the soldier who was carrying his shield. When Goliath saw that David was just a healthy, good-looking boy, he made fun of him. "'Do you think I'm a dog?' David asked. "'Is that why you've come after me with a stick?' He cursed David in the name of the Philistine gods and shouted, "'Come! When I'm finished with you—' I will feed you to the birds and the wild animals. David answered, You have come out to fight me with a sword and a spear and a dagger, but I have come out to fight you in the name of the Lord All-Powerful. He is the God of Israel's army and you have insulted him too. Today the Lord will help me defend you. I will knock you down and cut off your head, and I will feed the bodies of the other Philistine soldiers to the birds and the wild animals. Then the whole world will know that Israel is a real God. Everybody here will see that the Lord does need swords or spears to save his people. The Lord always wins his battles, and he will help us defeat you. When Goliath started forward, David ran towards him. He put a rock in his sling and swung the sling around by its straps. When he let go of one strap, the rock flew out and hit Goliath in the forehead. It cracked his skull, and he fell face down on the ground. So David defeated Goliath with a sling and a rock he killed him without even using a sword. David ran over and pulled out Goliath's sword, then he used it to cut off Goliath's head. When the Philistines saw what had happened to the hero, they started running away. But the soldiers of Israel and Judah let out a battle cry and went after them as far as Gath and Ekron. The bodies of the Philistines were scattered all along the road from Sharim to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelite army returned from chasing the Philistines, They took what they wanted from the Israelite camp. David took Goliath's head to Jerusalem, but he kept Goliath's weapons in his own tent. After King Saul had watched David go out to fight Goliath, Saul turned to the commander of his army and said, Abner, who is that young man? Your Majesty Abner answered, I swear by my life, I don't know. Then find out, Saul told him. When David came back from fighting Goliath, he was still carrying Goliath's head. Abner took David to Saul, and Saul asked, Who are you? I am David, the son of Jesse, a loyal Israelite from Bethlehem. 1 Chronicles 2 Jacob was the father of twelve sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. Judah and his Canaanite son Bathshua had three sons. Er, Onan, and Shelah. But the Lord had put Er to death because he disobeyed and did what the Lord hated. Judah and his daughter in law Tamar also had two sons, Perez and Zerah. Perez was the father of Hezron and Hamel. Zerol was the father of Zimri, Ethan, Heman, Chalcol, and Dada. Achan, who was a descendant of Zerah and the son of Kami, caused trouble for Israel because he kept for himself things which belonged only to the Lord. Ethan's son was Azariah. Hezron was the father of Jemiel, Ram, and Caleb. Ram was the father of Binadab, and the grandfather of Nashon, a tribal leader of Judah. Nashon's descendants included Selma, Boaz, Obed, and Jesse. Jesse had seven sons who were born in the following order, Eliab, Abinadab, Shimea, Nathanel, Radai, Ozem, and David. Jesse also had two daughters, Zeruah and Abigail. Zeruah was the mother of Abishai, Joab, and Asahel. Abigail's husband was Jetha, who was a descendant of Ishmael, and her son was Amasa. Hezron's son Caleb married Azubah, and their daughter was Jerioth, the mother of Jesha, Shobab, and Arden. After the death of Azubah, Caleb marries Ephrath. Their son Hur, was the father of Uri and the grandfather of Bezalel. When Hezron was sixty years old, he married the daughter of Machir, who settled in the region of Gilead. Their son, Sugub was the father of Jeh, who ruled twenty-three villages in the region of Gilead. Some time later, the nation of Jeshur and Aram captured sixty towns in that region, including the villages that belonged to Jeh, as well as the town of Kenath and the nearby villages. Everyone from the region of Gilead was a descendant of Makkah. After the death of Hezron, Caleb married Ephrath his father's wife. Their son was Asher, who later settled in the town of Tokoah. Jeremiel, Hezron's oldest son, was the father of Ram, Buna, Oren, Ozum, and Ahijah. Jeremiel had a second wife, Atara, who gave birth to Onam. Ram was the father of Maz, Jamin, and Ekah. Onam was the father of Shemai and Jada. Shemai was the father of Nadab and Abishah. Abishah married Abihel, and their two sons were Aban and Moled. Nathan was the father of Seled and Appium. Seled had no children. Appium's son was Ishi, the father of Sheshan, and the grandfather of Alai. Jada was the father of Jetha and Jonathan. Jetha had no children, but Jonathan had two sons, Peleth and Zaza. Shashan had no sons, and so he let one of his daughters marry Jaha, his Egyptian slave. Their son was Attai, the father of Nathan, and the grandfather of Zabad. Zabad's descendants included Ephla, Obed, Jehu, Azariah, Helez, Eliezer, Sismai, Shalem, Jechemiah, and Elishema. Caleb, Jeremiah's brother, had the following descendants, Mesha, Ziph, Marashah, Hebron, and Hebron's four sons, Korah, Tepur, Recham, and Shema. Shema was the father of Raham, and the grandfather of Joachim. Recham was the father of Shemai, the grandfather of Moen, and the great-grandfather of Bethzer. Epha was one of Caleb's wives, and their sons were Haran, Moza, and Gazes. Haran named his son after his brother Gazez. Ephah was the daughter of Jadai, who was also the father of Regim, Jotham, Jeshan, Pelet, and Sha'af. Ma'akar was another one of Caleb's wives, and their son was Sheba and Terhana. Later they had two more sons, Sha'af, the father of Madmanah, and Sheba, the father of Machbenah, and Gibeah. Caleb's daughter was Aksha. All of these were Caleb's descendants. Her, the oldest son of Caleb and Ephrath, had three sons, Shobal, Selma, and Haraf, who settled the town of Beth-Gedah. Shobal, who settled the town of kiriath was the ancestor of Haroah, half of the Maharoth clan. And the clans that lived near kiriath they were the Ithrites, the Puthites, the Shumathites, and the Mishraites, the Zorites, and the Eshtoelites were descendants of the Mishrites. Salma settled the town of Bethlehem, and was the ancestor of the Netaphathites, the people of Athroth Beth Joab, half of the Mahanathite clan, and the Zorites. Salma was also the ancestor of the clan of Jabez that kept the court and government records. They were the Terethites, the Shimeathites, and the Succothites. These clans were the descendants of Shama the Kenite, who was also an ancestor of the Rechabites. 1 Thessalonians 2 My friends, don't you know that our time with you wasn't wasted? As you remember, we'd been mistreated and insulted at Philippi, but God gave us the courage to tell you the good news about him, even though many people caused us trouble. We didn't have any hidden motives when we won you over, and we didn't try to fool or trick anyone. God was pleased to trust us with his message. We didn't speak to please people but to please God who knows our motives. You also know that we didn't try to flatter anyone. God himself knows that what we did wasn't a cover-up for greed. We were not trying to get you or anyone else to praise us, but as apostles we could have demanded help from you. After all, Christ is the one who sent us. We chose to be like children or like a mother nursing her baby. We cared so much for you, and you became so dear to us that we were willing to give our lives for you when we gave you God's message. My dear friends, you surely haven't forgotten our hard work and hardships. You remember how day and night we struggled to make a living so that we could tell you God's message without being a burden to anyone. Both you and God are witnesses that we were pure and honest and innocent in our dealings with you followers of the Lord. You also know that we did everything for you that parents would do for their own children. We begged, encouraged, and urged each one of you to live in a way that would honor God. He is the one who chose you to share in his own kingdom and glory. We always thank God that you believe the message we preached. It came from him, and it isn't something made up by humans. You accepted it as God's message, and now he is working in you. My friends, you did just like God's churches in Judea, and like the other followers of Jesus Christ there and so you were mistreated by your own people in the same way they were mistreated by their people. Those Jews killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets, and they even chased us away. God doesn't like what they do, and neither does anyone else. They keep us from speaking His message to the Gentiles and from leading them to be saved. The Jews have always gone too far with their sins. Now God has finally become angry and will punish them. My friends, we were kept from coming to you for a while, but we never stopped thinking about you. We were eager to see you and tried our best to visit you in person. We really wanted to come. I myself tried several times, but Satan always stopped us. After all, when the Lord Jesus appears, who else but you will give us hope and joy and be like a glorious crown from us? You alone are our glory and joy. Proverbs 23 6. When you are invited to eat with the king, use your best manners. Don't go and stuff yourself. That would be the same as cutting your throat. Don't be greedy for all that fancy food. It may not be so tasty. 7. Give up trying so hard to get rich. Your money flies away before you know it, just like an eagle suddenly taking off. Eight. Don't accept an invitation to eat a selfish person's food, no matter how good it is. People like that take note of how much you ate. They say, take all you want, but they don't mean it. Each bite will come back up, and all your kind words will be wasted. 9. Don't talk to fools. They'll just make fun. 10. Don't move a boundary marker or take the land that belongs to orphans. God All-Powerful is there to defend them against you. 11. Listen to instruction and do your best to learn. 12. Don't fail to correct your children. You won't kill them by being firm, and it may even save their lives. 13. My children, if you show good sense, I will be happy, and if you are truthful, I will be really glad. 14. Don't be jealous of sinners, but always honour the Lord. Then you will truly have hope for the future. 15. Listen to me, my children. Be wise and have enough sense to follow the right path. Don't be a heavy drinker or stuff yourself with food. It will make you feel drowsy and you will end up poor with only rags to wear. 16. Pay attention to your father and don't neglect your mother when she grows old. Invest in truth and wisdom, discipline and good sense and don't part with them. Make your father truly happy by living right and showing sound judgment. Make your parents proud, especially your mother. 17. My son, pay close attention and gladly follow my example. Bad women and unfaithful wives are like a deep pit. They are waiting to attack you like a gang of robbers. With victims after victims. 18. Who is always in trouble? who argues and fights, who has cuts and bruises, whose eyes are red. Everyone who stays up late having just one more drink. Don't even look at that colourful stuff bubbling up in the glass. It goes down so easily, but later it bites like a poisonous snake. You will see weird things and your mind will play tricks on you. You will feel tossed about like someone trying to sleep on a ship in a storm. You will be bruised all over without even remembering how it happened. And you will lie awake asking yourself, When will morning come when I can drink some more? We're going to have our second piece of music to give us some time to think about the bits of scripture that have caught our attention. And after music we'll say our prayers for the day and the time of the year. Before we say our prayers for the day and the time of the year just reminder that if you'd like us to pray with you then drop us a line through the usual channels facebook twitter instagram and email and check out the show notes for all the contact details there are links in the show notes and if you click them they'll take you right through but let's pray shall we lord here i am it's another day friday and for some people it's the end of their working week the weekend break is ahead time maybe for the family the garden sport odd jobs so today lord i pray for families for parents and children i ask your blessing and peace to be with every family hold them together with a great love for each other amen and our prayer for the time of the year in my heart i have known such intimacy with you lord that you are always within my reach. I have heard your glorious whisper breaking through the clamor of the world in which I move. Spent time in silent worship in places of tranquility and peace. But there are moments when deep in my soul you seem so far away. When the moments of my day are consumed by my own self-interest, ambition and pride. When my heart judges and declares my guilt. Draw me close again, Lord. Restore the love I first knew that I might worship you in spirit and in truth, not only with my lips, but with every moment of my day. Amen. And we say the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. All the details can be found in the show notes, including the scripture passages and credits for the prayers and anything else. And if you want to partner with Walking the Way, please head to www.givesendgo.com forward slash walking the way. Any support you can give us would be fantastic. And for for more information about me or the podcast, head to rayborrett.co.uk. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And you can also listen into Walking the Way on TuneIn and YouTube and now via radio.com. My name is Ray. And so until next time, I'll be here waiting as we continue Walking the Way.